Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 16, Sasha interviews stylist Dr. Mina Lee. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It is Sasha, and I'm super excited because today I have one of my dearest friends, Dr. Mina Lee, who is a urologist in Denver, a mother of two beautiful girls, a wife to Robert, and also a stylist. Mina has been helping me with my personal style for several years, and she has a passion for this and an eye for fashion. And what I love the most is that she gives us great tips on how to do this simply and easy. And it's really not that hard, but it actually can really help our confidence when we embrace our own authentic style. And that's the other thing I love about Mina is she really gets into each client and understands their style and their needs. So without further ado, let's welcome Mina to the show. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to have Mina Lee, my dear friend and style sister on the Brave Enough show. Good morning, Mina. Good morning. How are you? How is it in Denver? It is great here. It's nice and um, cold, but sunny and uh, snow is melting. So it's a beautiful Denver day. Awesome. Well, I am so excited you're here and I want to just introduce you to everybody. So tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, so I am a urologist. I work part-time now at uh, Kaiser Permanente. And aside from that, I spend uh, most of my time taking care of my family. Um, I have two daughters who also, by the way, love style and fashion. They have learned quickly. Uh, um, So a little bit about myself and how I got into what I do. Um, You know, I think that a lot, it's probably a very common story to a lot of women, um, some parts of it anyway. But for me, my whole life, I've enjoyed um, clothes and fashion and getting dressed and putting together, um, you know, fun looks and taking care of myself, honestly. Um, but, you know, life happens. Um, so as I went through my um, training program, I don't know if everyone knows that urology is a really male-dominated field. Uh, when I entered the field, there were only 1% of the practicing urologists were women. Uh, so it's one percent, one percent. That that is crazy. One percent. So you were definitely yeah, in the boys club. In the boys club, and I like it. I like being unique and different. That's one of the things I think um, really drives me, and that's why one of the reasons I chose the field actually. Uh, but it becomes hard to kind of maintain femininity and. Um, and all as you go through the training program and, um, you know, there's just men all around, uh, long hours. But I still managed, I think, to take pretty good care of myself until I had kids. Um, and life happens. You get busy uh, with work. Work gets crazy as soon as you have one kid and you add another one and life gets really crazy. You stop taking care of yourself. You stop working out. Um, you gain weight that you can't get rid of. And so I saw that in myself. And one day I looked in the mirror and I honestly did not even recognize myself. Like, who is this person who wears 
scrubs every day. And when she's not wearing scrubs, she's wearing yoga pants. Uh, I, I honestly didn't know who I was. <laughs> wow. I, I can totally identify that with that. And if you, for those of you that don't know Mina, Mina is always looks so put together. And I, what I really appreciate about that is because I know that takes work. Like, I think a lot of people think, Oh, it just, you know, it just happens. But I, I actually really admire the fact that you stuck to your own sense of style and your own authentic, you know, very feminine self, which is who you are. And I understand not all women are like that. So that is who you are. And I love that you stuck with that while you, while you were in the 1% of women in urology, because I imagine that it, it probably felt really hard at times. And I know it still does um, because I know people really criticize women for being women, you know? So it, it's funny because I always tell people like, you are going to be criticized if you wear dance goes and scrubs and put your hair in a ponytail and don't wear lipstick, but you're going to also be criticized if you do. So just do what makes you feel the most authentic, right? Because it doesn't really matter your level of, you know, whether you're a feminine dresser or a non-feminine dresser, it, you're going to be criticized as a woman, no matter what you do. So you might as well just be comfortable in your own skin. So tell us a little bit about how you became, you found yourself helping women, helping other women, helping other women physicians and other women professionals with their, with their style. I mean, here you're a urologist, you're a mother. Like, how did you find this? So when I looked in the mirror on that one day, I don't know that it was just one day, but, you know, as I looked in the mirror and I got really upset, I was like, who is this person looking back at me? I don't recognize her anymore. I thought, okay, I can just keep going on this path, which I think happens to a lot of people, or I can do something about it and remember what makes me me, you know, what what makes me the person that I am. And so I kind of regained my interest in dressing well and taking care of myself. And I saw a difference in the way that I felt and in the way that other people treated me. Um, you know, people noticed. And I had a lot of women ask me, actually, what had I done differently? Had I lost a lot of weight? Had I, which I lost a little bit, but that wasn't it. Um, but why did I look so different? And I realized with time that what they were noticing was that I was actually taking care of myself, that I respected myself again. Um, and I was projecting that in the way of confidence. I so, love that. I love that. So you finding your authentic style helped you find your confidence and other people started noticing So is that when people started asking you for help or how did that happen? Yes, absolutely. That's when it started. I had um, friends, that I'd known for a long time. I'd had women that I'd known for a short time and people that I didn't know at all, actually, um, all asked for uh, help. And I realized that if I could help myself feel better, I could probably help other people to get out of that slump and find themselves again, too. Um, most of the people that I've worked with have been in the same boat as myself. They have a career or they have children or they have both, and they just don't they don't know how to do this stuff. I also realized along the way that not everyone loves to shop. <laughs> right. Which, which was a really foreign concept to me, but you know, a lot of women <laughs> just actually. <laughs> no, that's very true. A lot of women and a lot of women get overwhelmed uh, with even thinking about shopping. And why Absolutely. should we, why they should we do something like, why should we spend time doing something that we don't enjoy? And a lot of women don't enjoy it. So I love that you are helping other women, you know, figure out that they don't like to yeah. shop. Yeah, 
Yeah, they don't enjoy it or, I mean, they want to look put together, but they don't enjoy it or they don't even know where to start. Like you said, it's really overwhelming. If you walk into a department store, it's overwhelming just by the sheer amount of stuff there is. If you walk into a boutique, it can be overwhelming because, you know, people are a little bit right on top of you in a small setting. So I think for for a lot of people, they just don't know how to do this. Um, Right. So that's where I found my niche. I thought if I can make myself feel better, I can make other people feel better. Why not? Um, something I enjoy and it comes easily to me. So, uh, so one of the things I love about yeah. you is that you really understand individual style. I know for myself, I've asked you multiple times, like, should I, should I buy this for this event or should I wear this for that? And you'll say, well, Sash, that's really not your style. And sometimes I fall into the trap of thinking, that I have to just be like the trends or I have to dress like the trends, but it's, I'm not really into those trends. And I, I try to force myself. And I, that's one of the things I love about you is you help so many different women who have different styles and, and you make it okay for them to stay in their own style. Like not everybody is going to, you know, want sequins. <laughs> not everybody wants color. Some people just love <laughs> to dress in black and whites and gray tones. And you're like, that's okay. That's totally fine. Whatever makes you feel best. So I'm sure when you started this, well, actually I know this cause I know a little behind the scenes, but when you started this similar to when I started style MD, you know, one of the reasons I kept the group secret is because I wanted a safe place because I didn't feel comfortable asking in the workplace, my, you know, female colleagues about, Hey, what are you going to wear to this? Or what's, what's the best lipstick for that? Because once you start asking those questions publicly, or once you start projecting yourself a certain way publicly, you get, you're not very smart. You don't take your job seriously. Mm-hmm. You're not, how can you be a scientist when you wear lipstick or you're mm-hmm. asking about the shoe sale? Because, you know, we're supposed to just forget the fact that we're women and we're supposed to forget the fact that maybe we do care about those things, but we can't care about them at work. We can't show that. And there's a lot of unconscious and conscious biases in the workplace because, you know, men like they can talk about sports and that's totally acceptable. They can talk about going golfing and that's like, really cool that they do that. But when we talk about some of the things that we enjoy as women, we often suffer the the consequences of that bias that we are not being professionals or we're not taking our work seriously. So I know when I started StyleMD, I did it secretly because I didn't want to, you know, project the fact that I was even interested in this, Um, which, you Mm -hmm. know, StyleMD now is like this amazing community that you helped me administer and run. But did you... Did you get some feedback? Did you get some negative feedback when people, or do you still, when people find out that you're a stylist and you're a doctor? Absolutely. I think uh, it's really unfortunate, but I think the majority of people, basically what you're saying is that the majority of people think it's a very vain or superficial thing to care about your appearance. Um, and so definitely you get a lot of, a lot of comments. I've had, you know, more than my share of comments, especially in a male dominated field where I see more than half of my patients are men as well. Um, definitely get some comments that are, you know, less than um, less than comforting, or I don't know how you want to say that. Right. But um, hopefully, my point's coming across. But um, I, you know, it's unfortunate that people think that because it's so much more than than me wearing something to impress someone else, or that I don't care about anything else except the way that I look. Or and I'm saying me, but I mean women in general. Um, there's just so much more to it. Uh, it gives you that confidence to go out and right. do a good job. 
and it gives you that, I mean, and that comes from respecting yourself and taking care of yourself. It has really nothing to do with just caring about looking better than somebody else or caring about wearing the latest trends or whatever that may be. It's more really about what you feel about yourself and how you project that to the world, because that's the only way that you can show people um, what you think of yourself, or that's the first way you show people what you think of yourself. It's a first impression, uh, which is made pretty quickly. You know, when people see you, it takes them about seven seconds to decide who, what they think of you uh, when you meet somebody for the first time. And that's not a lot of time at all. So what are you going to learn about somebody in seven seconds that is um, meaningful? You're not going to be able to talk to them or gauge how smart they are or anything else. But you can gauge that they are confident, that they respect themselves, uh, that they are kind of go-getters um, based on the way that they look when you first see them. Well, and one of the things that I find really interesting is I think it's really respectful to other people when you when you have enough self-confidence to take care of yourself. So for me, you know, style is about just taking care of myself. Um, and I think a lot of years, you know, I tried to hide that part of me. I, I wore, you know, things that I didn't want to draw attention to myself. So I, I never really wanted to dress up and be like the best dressed person in the room because I felt like I was, I had to hide that part of myself, which is so silly because it's another way that women are silenced. And so, but now I feel like when I, when I, you know, walk into a room and I feel good about myself because I've taken care of myself that day, I've dressed nice. I also feel like I'm respecting everybody else in the room. Like I'm showing respect, you know, by, by not showing up as half of me, but showing up as all of me. And so I think it's really interesting because I also think that there's, you know, a lot of like the feminist movement, like, oh, you know, you're just dressing to impress, but actually women should feel confident enough to wear and to, 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 you know, to be their authentic self. Like that is being a woman to me, whether it's wearing, you know, flats and scrubs and, you know, rocking that if that's your look or whether it's wearing a pencil skirt and heels, like you shouldn't be judged based on your own sense of style, if that makes any sense. So it makes total sense. Total sense. So many women, um, I hear it all the time, both in Silent and in real life, that people say, well, I really like that. And I think it would look good on me, but I don't know if it's too much or if it's, um, you know, if I should wear something like that to work. And meanwhile, it's a totally appropriate look. There's nothing wrong with it. It may be that the colors are a little brighter or that it's a little more fitted, but it actually fits them. Um, and people really doubt themselves. And I think that's also part of what suppresses women from dressing the way that they want to and projecting the image that they want to. Right. I, I love that. And I love that, you know, your whole thing is helping women be confident. And, you know, I always tell people, I get a lot of questions all the time from women, you know, I have an interview or I have a talk or I am going to go into a boardroom. What should I wear? And I always say, well, what makes you feel empowered? Is it a pantsuit? Is it heels? Is it flats? Is it, you know, is it a skirt or is it a certain set of jewelry from your grandmother? Or what is it that like you makes you feel amazing? Is it a certain pair of shoes or, you know, where you just feel like you could take on anything. Let's build around that item. I always tell women, and it's different for every person, right? So, okay. It totally is. So what do you say? Cause you're so good about this. 
you are really good about shopping in your closet. And I know you always tell me like when I am like, oh gosh, Samina, I got to figure out what I'm going to wear to this event. You always say, well, what about this in your closet? Let's go into your closet. And so what do you tell the woman that is standing in her closet right now? Maybe she's listening and she's thinking, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, where do you tell that woman who's looking in her closet? She has a million things, but she doesn't feel like she has anything to wear. What are some first steps? Like, where do we start? So the first step to that, uh, to me is to look through your closet and see the things that you actually, um, don't even look at most of the time. I mean, most of us wear about 20% of our clothes, 99% of the time. Hmm. So we have a ton of things hanging there. Whether you feel like your closet is overstuffed or not, we all have more things than we can possibly wear. Um, and the majority of them we never look at. And why is that? So I think a lot of women don't know what they're shopping for when they buy. So they might have multiples of one thing. Uh, so it does make it hard to get dressed when you have five black skirts and no, no, no other skirt. You know, nothing with pattern, nothing with color. So I think the first thing to do is go through your closet and think to yourself, what doesn't serve me anymore? What doesn't fit me? What is out of style? What uh, do I have duplicates of? And of those duplicates, which ones do I wear? Which ones do I not wear? So really a good closet clean out, uh, I think, is the first step. Like having a closet that you can walk into and really love getting dressed in. Um, so that's, that's my first step. And I think it's often hard to do by yourself. Um, I know I personally get pretty attached to my the things that are hanging in my closet, whether it's because I like them, uh, whether I got it on a good sale, or whether I paid a lot of money for it and it still has a tag hanging on it. So I think it's hard to do it by yourself. Uh, it does help to have somebody with you. It can be your sister, it can be your best friend, uh, or you can have a stylist do it for a totally objective uh, helper. Uh, that would be a, probably your best bet because it's hard sometimes to listen to your sister. I know I have a hard time. I have mine help me all the time. She looks in my closet and she's like, okay, this has to go, this has to go, this. And I have 10,000 excuses why it can't go. So sometimes <laughs> that sounds like object- me. <laughs> and then she says, I don't want to help you anymore. And then that's over. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think it's nice to have somebody yes, who doesn't yes. know, who can just look at you and say, that doesn't fit you well. Right. Um, or that doesn't do anything for you. That color is nothing for you. And I'm not saying that a stylist would do that without having any idea of who you are. I think the first step is finding somebody that you feel comfortable with if you're going to choose a stylist to do this for you. Somebody that takes a little bit of time to get to know you and what you like and uh, what your day-to-day life is. That's kind of what you were, I think, saying earlier is that I can dress a lot of different people. And part of it is because I try to take the time to get to know them, know what they like before I start working with them. So that, back to the closet question, I think that's the first step is getting rid of all the things that you don't, um, that, that don't serve you anymore. Yes. I think that is huge and it is key. And I think that when you start to purge, you don't, you have less options, which actually leads to less decision fatigue. So like absolutely. So most of the time, yes, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but if you're looking at your closet and it's so overstuffed, you probably have decision fatigue and that's when you feel like you don't have anything to wear. So what do you do? You go and buy something that you probably don't need and add it to the closet. Exactly. But when I know, I know when I'm feeling that way about twice a year, I do a huge closet purge and then I actually can see the things I like, I know fit me well. And I start wearing those again. And so it actually is a way to kind of 
if you think about it, you can save money if you get rid of a lot of the stuff you have that you don't need. (laughs) I was just going to say that because I think the other thing it does for me is, like I said, I get really upset when I see something that I spent a lot on and I still got a tag hanging on it or I wore it to one event because it was that day that I felt like I had nothing else to wear. So I went shopping, bought this thing that I don't love, but I bought it uh, and I spent money on it. But the way that I've been looking at it more recently, and I think it's helpful for a lot of people, is to say, okay, I did spend $200 on this blouse and I wore it one time, but I don't like it and it doesn't go with anything else in my closet. So this is a lesson to me to not shop impulsively and to really take stock of what I need before I go shopping so that I don't make these same mistakes over and over again. Yes, I love that. in the long run... It saves you money in a lot of different ways, but for me, that's the one lesson I'm trying to take from it so that it doesn't hurt so much when you do that closet clean out. So you are really helpful to women and you spoke recently at the conference about, um, at the Brave Enough conference about having, you know, like five or six items that everyone should have in their closet that you can wear with multiple things. And, you know, for me, it's like, I'm an anesthesiologist. So, you know, there's just some things in the morning that I won't start a case without, right? Like I got to have epinephrine. (laughs) I got to have this. And that's kind of how I see these pieces in your closet. And what is really great about it is, you know, you're, you didn't tell women like go out and buy 25 million things. You said, you know, get these pieces. If you don't, you know, find one piece that fits you really well of each of these things, what would you you know, what are like maybe your, your like ride or die five that you've got to have in your closet for professional women who, you know, or, you know, you want to go in between what I call the in-betweens, like you're running errands, but then you're going out to dinner or whatever. And you want to, you know, because I think a lot of women think about style as very bipolar. Like they either have to, you know, look like they're dressed on the cover of Vogue or they are in sweatpants. (laughs) most women I know. And so like I'm big on, you know, you can shop at, at some, at Target and Athleta and you can look pretty good and put together on most weekends and nights. So what are some, like, what are your ride or die five? Like, what do you, what would you say to women listening that you should really invest in and have in your closet? Okay. So, well, that's a great question. I have actually gave a few more at the conference. But I think we can pare it down to just five. And I think this is where, when you, when you look at a list like this, this is where you can look in your closet and fill in those gaps um, and then make a more uh, streamlined shopping trip so that you aren't wasting all that money that we just talked about. Um, so I, I think these items that I, will, that I listed at the conference and that I'll talk about now also will work for both workwear and leisure wear. I think it's difficult because a lot of people assume that their workwear has to be very uncomfortable, structured, soothing type clothes. And if that's what makes you feel confident and makes you feel good and you like wearing it, that's great. But I think a lot of women have a hard time with that because it's not comfortable. It doesn't fit well. It's hard to take care of. They have kids and their busy lives and then they have to take all the stuff to the dry cleaners. So I think you can find comfortable pieces that are easy to take care of. Uh, and that look still professional and put together, but serve you in different parts of your life as well. So I'll go through my items. Hopefully I can pare it down to the five, but I think they were all pretty good. <laughs> so one is a basic white t-shirt, which I think is one of the most elusive things because it sounds so easy. It's a basic white t-shirt. Why can't you find one? So finding one that's the perfect fabric and the perfect fit and it lays well is pretty tough. But once you've found it, 
I think uh, you'll see how integral that piece is in your wardrobe. It's really important as a building block for both uh, weekends and weekday wear. Um, once you find one, I say try to buy it in that same brand and a long sleeve and a short sleeve and a V-neck and a round neck. But I think those are all really important um, uh, things to have in your closet. A pencil skirt is another, I think it's very important because I can't think of anybody who doesn't look good in a well-fitted pencil skirt. So it sounds like that's a pretty intimidating piece to find. And I think it's, again, because people think of it only coming in one fabric, which is that which is a structured kind of suit type fabric. But you can find pencil skirts and stretchy fabrics that are more comfortable and that actually are more flattering for a lot of women. Um, and so I think a pencil skirt is an absolute must have. I love they, that. I uh, totally, I totally yeah. agree. And I have to say and interrupt you for a second that I think a pencil skirt looks good on every shape. I mean, I don't know everybody. Sh- everybody looks good in that shape, but people think that you have to be like a size two, you know, to fit, to, to look good in it. But actually it, it really looks good in, in every shape. On anybody, especially, I think it looks great on curvier women. Um, I, I personally think that, and I think the reason is because it emphasizes the most, two most narrow parts of most women's bodies, which is their waist or their high waist and right around their knees. Uh, those are, pretty narrow point so it just creates a really nice shape i agree um yeah a blazer is non-negotiable to me i think everybody needs to have a couple of blazers that fit them really well it's always nice to have one that's black because if you do need to put together something that looks like a suit but you don't really like suits and that's me i don't like suits i don't have a need for them in my day-to-day life but every now and then I do. Like when I go to take my uh, board recertification um, oral exam or something like that, I need something that looks like a suit. So having a nice fitted blazer that'll go with one of your pencil skirts or perhaps a nice pair of um, black pants, which is also one of my uh, ride or die items. I think a nice pair of uh, black pants that fit you well is ideal. And in that silhouette, again, I think a skinny pant is good. But a blazer is non-negotiable. Having a black blazer, and once you find a blazer you like, buy it in a couple of colors. Um, Buy it in another neutral color like navy um, or white. And then also having a bright colored blazer is nice because it can add a quick pop of color uh, to any outfit. And it really does pull everything together. It makes it look just much more put together. I love that. I love this. I love I, that, that. Those are really great pieces. Okay. So what else? So we need a blazer. We need a pencil uh, skirt. What, what else do we need? Sheet dress or just a, a couple of dresses that fit you really well. Again, this is one of those things that's intimidating. I'm short. I'm really short. And so I've always had a hard time finding these dresses until in recent years, they started making them in more of a stretchy fabric, kind of a Jersey knit. And they still look good. They're not uh, they're nice, thick fabrics, but they fit me better, and I think they fit a lot of women better. They're more comfortable, too. Uh, so having a couple of those types of dresses in your closet make a huge difference in getting dressed. This is one of those things that when you need to look like you're wearing a suit, you can put on a nice dress like this, throw on that blazer, and it gives you that polished, um, professional look in about two seconds. And it, you know, it doesn't take a ton of effort to put that outfit together. I love um, that. Another one I... I think is really good is um, is having a fit and flare dress. A fit and flare dress is great for those days when you don't feel like wearing something that's really fitted or tight. You don't feel like sucking your stomach in all day, but you still want to look feminine and put together. A fit and flare dress is basically just one that fits on the top, fits to your waist, and then it kind of flares out. It's not... Yay, that was so good. 
This was so fun to talk today. And I love that you gave us so many great tips. And I love that you made it so simple. And, you know, it's January, we're resetting, we're going into our closets, we're looking at things and going, okay, what do we want this year to be about? We want this year to be efficient. We want this year to be our best. And part of that is just getting rid of things that don't fit us. And I always say it's the three F's that are in my closet. So it has to fit to stay in my closet. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't matter if I'm like hoping and pining it's going to fit someday. I just... I've realized that it doesn't do anything for my psyche. So if it fits, keep it. If it's fabulous, keep it. And if it's functional, keep it. Otherwise, give it away. There's Sasha's three Fs, fit, functional, and fabulous. And for those of you out there listening, remember to live brave. This has been an HSG production. 